A leader assistant is keenly aware of the climate in the C-suite. They're ready to respond to shifts in scheduled events, fires that need to be extinguished, and challenges in scheduling meetings. Paris D., Executive Assistant in Memphis, Tennessee. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. The Leader Assistant Podcast is brought to you by Goody. If you're starting to think about holiday gifts for your team like I am, Goody is a game changer. They have amazing gifts that people will really love, including brands that give back to charitable causes. As a longtime executive assistant, I've always been nervous about holiday gifting season. But thankfully, Goody's platform lets you send one gift or hundreds at the same time without ever worrying about shipping details. Can I get an amen? With Goody, your gift recipients provide all their shipping info and they can even swap out your gift for another option if they prefer. It's free to start gifting, and you can get a $20 credit when you sign up. Oh, and if you mention you heard about Goody from the Leader Assistant podcast, Goody will add an extra $10 credit to your account. Go to leaderassistant.com slash Goody to start gifting today. Hey friends, it's Jeremy Burrows. Welcome to episode 185. We're going to be talking all about calendar management today, and I am going to do that via a chapter of my audiobook. This is chapter 10, which is titled Calendar, and it talks all about how to manage your executive's most valuable asset, which is their time. So I hope you enjoy all of the good tactics uh, around calendar management and the Ideal Week calendar template as well as auditing your executive's time. And of course, if you enjoy this clip, be sure to check out the entire audiobook. You can do that on Amazon or Audible. Audio.leaderassistant.com will take you right to the Audible page. Of course, if you prefer reading the book, go ahead and check it out at amazon.leaderassistant.com. There's a digital ebook version or a paperback version. And I recently published the workbook discussion study guide to go along with it. You can check that out on Amazon if you want just the digital Kindle version. It's called the Leader Assistant Workbook. Or you can download the printable PDF version at leaderassistantbook.com slash workbook. Chapter 10. Calendar. I'm not a fan of assistance. I do so much more than just schedule meetings all day, battle cry. I know it's true, but I challenge you to think about it differently. Scheduling meetings is important, so take pride in your ability to manage your executive's calendar. After all, your executive's most valuable asset is their time, and you're tasked with managing that asset. Feel free to add asset manager to your job description, by the way. How you manage your executive's calendar has a huge impact, positive or negative, on every aspect of their world. Their physical, emotional, and relational health. Their energy, productivity, and focus. Everything flows out of how they spend their time. 
The problem is, many assistants let others decide how their executive will spend their time. They passively wait for someone to request a meeting, then look for time on the calendar that might work. With an unstructured method like this, your executive's mind will wander while they're in meetings. Why am I here? How am I going to get through this? Shouldn't I be doing something else with my time? Will I ever eat again? As the meeting progresses, their inner dialogue continues. How did this happen? Did I think about my priorities when the invite hit my inbox? Well, not really. Did my assistant check with me before booking it? Probably, but it seemed important at the time. Did my assistant tell me I would regret taking this meeting, yet I ignored their warning? No comment. How to manage your executive's calendar before it manages you. Far too often, assistants and their executives let their calendars run wild. This leaves executives in draining meeting after draining meeting, dreaming of the work they could be accomplishing if only they weren't stuck there. It's a surefire way to ruin their productivity and suck the joy out of them, not to mention make them useless in meetings. A calendar dictated by others turns into a burnout machine. It's time for you, the leader assistant, to take back the reins of your executive's calendar, managing it before it manages you. Take control so your executive can spend more time doing what they love, what they're good at, and what they're paid to do. You can start by creating a rigorous vetting process to rank incoming meeting requests. Find out who your executive wants to meet with, who they don't want to meet with, and which VIPs should get bumped to the top of the list every time. When a request comes in, you can run it through your priority filter and act accordingly. But having a vetting process isn't enough. With no structure to your executive's calendar, you might simply schedule meetings whenever they're free. Even worse, your executive might schedule them based on how they feel in that moment without considering how they'll feel when the time comes to attend that meeting. When it comes to your schedule, no structure equals chaos. The ideal week. To prevent RSVPs based on emotions, I like to set up an ideal week calendar. I first heard of this concept from Michael Hyatt's blog and podcast. Hyatt credits Todd Duncan's Time Traps and Stephanie Winston's The Organized Executive for introducing him to the idea. With the Ideal Week tactic, you block out times on your executive's calendar for meetings, projects, checking email, working out, reading, taking breaks, and whatever else they want to spend their time doing. It's a great way to set aside specific times each day for doing what they need to do when they need to do it. You can download the Ideal Week calendar template at leaderassistant.com forward slash ideal week. For example, your executive might like to use their mornings to focus on projects, so adding an event called Focus Time on their calendar every morning from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. could be a good start. Unless there's an emergency, you and your executive can agree not to schedule meetings during those blocks of time. Here's a quick tip. Make sure you clearly define what a true emergency is to take out the guesswork. 
On the other hand, your executive might get their best work done in the afternoons, so you might schedule a 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. block on their calendar for meetings and phone calls. If this is the case, when you receive a meeting request, schedule it in the 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. slot and leave your executive's afternoons open for focus blocks. I've set up an ideal week calendar for my former executive, my current executive, and myself. It's an extremely helpful way for you and your executive to protect your time. Instead of allowing your calendar to be a blank slate that fills up as invites come in, your new schedule serves as a guide to direct invites into predetermined time slots. With the ideal week, you're in control of your executive's schedule. What would your executive's ideal week look like? If you have no clue how your executive's ideal week would look, take some time to audit their current calendar. Look at the big picture, as well as one meeting at a time, then help your executive consider the following questions. Is this meeting necessary? Does this type of meeting drain me? Does this type of meeting bring me joy? What time of day am I generally more productive? Am I dreading this meeting? Can someone else attend on my behalf? Does this meeting really need an hour, or could it be done in 20 or 30 minutes? What times and days of the week am I more pleasant to be around? Hint, schedule meetings at these times. As you work through your executive's calendar, you and your executive might determine a more extensive audit of their life is needed. Their workload, their job description, and their goals, personal and professional. If so, I'd encourage you to walk them through my five-step process outlined in Chapter 8 to help them do what they love and eliminate the rest. Once your executive has a handle on how their current schedule is laid out, meet with them to discuss their preferences then put together a first draft of their ideal week. You can create a new Google or Outlook calendar strictly for the purpose of crafting their ideal week, or you can use a whiteboard, a spreadsheet, or a Google Sheet to work it out first. Personally, I like to start with a Google Sheet. It's easy to quickly move things around, color coordinate based on type of event, and share with my executive so he can make changes to it. As soon as you get the ideal week close to a final version, overlay it with your executive's current calendar to see how far off it is. From this point, you can determine how long it might take to implement their new weekly rhythms. It might take a couple of months to completely switch over, but starting small is better than not starting. Even after the ideal week is implemented, you'll tweak it here and there. As long as your changes are intentional steps toward more productivity and focus, that's okay. One calendar versus multiple calendars. Does your executive have more than one calendar? I know it might seem wise to split different types of events in your executive's life into separate calendars. Maybe a personal calendar, a vacation calendar, a kid's calendar, work, etc. Generally speaking, Especially in smaller companies or startups, I'm a big proponent of your executive having only one calendar. There's no reason to waste brain power and endure decision fatigue by having to determine which calendar to use every time you create a new event. 
You can always use different colors or naming conventions to delineate types of events, but do it all on one calendar. There's no work-life balance. There's only life balance. Your executive can't live two or three different lives as much as they might like to. Track your executive's time. The next game-changing tactic to add to your arsenal is time tracking, or auditing your executive's time. In the business world, data is king. It's one thing to tell the board your executive spends too much time meeting with internal team members. It's another to show them a graph or chart with the exact number of internal meetings versus external meetings your executive had in Q1 versus Q2. The data from the audit helps your executive stay honest about where they're spending their time and allows them to reorder their priorities if needed. Let's say your company hits its sales mark in Q1 when your executive spent 78% of their time in sales meetings. But your company missed its goal in Q2 when your executive spent only 24% of their time in sales meetings. Based on the data you gathered, the board might want to ensure your executive clears their calendar for sales meetings in Q3. Tracking your executive's time is one of the more tangible ways you can impact your company's bottom line. Employ this tactic and you'll further cement yourself as the revenue generator we discussed in Chapter 7. This tactic also helps you stay honest as you zoom out to look at how you've been managing your executive's time. It's easy to get stuck in the weeds as you schedule meeting after meeting, but when you look at data covering a six- or nine-month period, it can be eye-opening. Did you give up on the Ideal Week tactic? Did you say yes to low-priority meetings that should not have made it on your executive's calendar? Sit down with your executive to review the data, talk about what's encouraging and what's not, and make an action plan for any changes to their schedule you need to make going forward. I used to audit my executive's time manually. At the end of a quarter, I'd go week by week and count how many sales, internal, capital raise, networking, or other types of meetings took place. I would then report the numbers to my executive. Thankfully, there are now tools to automate much of this process so I can audit my executive's calendar in a fraction of the time. You can use a time tracking tool, but many of these require your executive to trigger the tool every time they switch between tasks. I don't know about you, but my executives don't have the brain power available to worry about something like this. You can also use a tool like BASE's software for assistance, basehq.com, which has an analyze feature to track average meeting duration, who your executive met with the most, and more. I've found the best system for my situation is a workflow using Google Calendar, plus Zapier, plus Google Sheets, plus conditional formatting, plus manual cleanup. When an event ends on my executive's calendar, Zapier creates a row in a Google Sheet and logs details from that event. The title, description, length, location, type, attendees, and date of the event are all added. Zapier allows you to customize which fields to include. This system adds data from every single event my executive has to one spreadsheet. All I have to do is go back through and edit what's already there, set up a few formulas, 
and create some tables and charts to report an overview to my executive. This new workflow literally saves me days of manual work. If you'd like to see step-by-step instructions on how to set up this workflow, visit leaderassistantbook.com forward slash bonus. If you're not already gathering calendar data for your executive, now's the perfect time to start. Make it one of your goals during your annual review. Set aside time to research what tools will work best for you and your executive and ask them what data they'd specifically like to track. Employ these calendar tactics to better manage your executive's time, their most valuable asset. All right, I hope you enjoyed that chapter. Again, you can download the entire audiobook at audio.leaderassistant.com. Please review on Apple Podcasts. GoBullows.com